it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not a shameless race baiting buffoon. But you know who is our congresswoman in this town, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. AOC is a dope. Yep. Now calling for the jailing of a former Marine who sprung into action to save a subway car full of women and children from a zombie attacker. That's stupid. Use your common sense. It's disgusting. She even went as far as to call it a public execution. Oh, shut up, woman. My goodness gracious, she really should. We'll get into it. Uh, It's a busy Friday. It's going to be a chippy show. We're packing the foil. We're getting ready to play some old-style hockey. Do you remember? Do you remember the Hanson Brothers and Slapshot? I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. <laughs> it's going to be a big one. 888-788-9910 if you want a part of the show. Sean Duffy is going to be on the show. Cable News super honk Sean Duffy. We're also going to talk to former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, who weighs in. This is crazy. Crazy. At a time when our resources are so strained by the record-breaking levels of immigration into this country, Secretary Mayorkas and the Biden administration now working with Central American nations to expand immigration even more. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. It really is. Uh, 888-788-9910. Again, the phone number if you want your voice heard in this radio house of ill repute. Uh, it's also the phone number if you don't want to be a part of the show and you just want to tell me why. I'd be into that. It's Friday. It's hot. I could use a little tough love. But either way, just be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. Just don't be a... That is all. Just just don't be AOC. How about that? She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. But lest she get all the glory, we should also share some with New York Governor Kathy Hochul, and I'll explain why. Hochul, of course, the governor who succeeded Hansi Andy Cuomo. So maybe we'll just start at the tippy top with her. But let me tell you what's going on. If you're not familiar with the story, a subway passenger, if you will, by the name of Jordan Neely. Jordan Neely had worked on the subway about a decade ago as a Michael Jackson impersonator. And he would get on and dress up as the king of pop and do dance moves and make money on the train. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. No, ma'am. This was a guy trying to make some money who spiraled into some type of mental illness and had become aggressive towards fellow subway passengers. So much so that over the past decade, he had racked up 42 different arrests. The most recent arrest was for punching a 67-year-old woman in the face. So you understand this Jordan Neely character was a mess. What's going on in the city right now is we're being plagued by, I I don't even know how to describe it to you other than to say there are thousands of Jordan Neelys riding the subway as we speak. There's a dereliction of duty when it comes to addressing the mental health crisis in this city. They have cut 
police budgets in the wake of the George Floyd death, declaring that we should even go as far as to defund the police? Look, if you hate cops just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. But the bottom line is New York is a lawless hellhole right now where every single one of us gets on the train every day. Anybody who's riding mass transit in the city at least once a day winds up in a very uncomfortable situation. And what I describe as very uncomfortable is not your seat doesn't recline. It's there's a hobbit with no pants on swinging a screwdriver at random people. There's a guy talking to himself or barking like a dog in your face. That's what happened to me yesterday. Okay, we have a serious mental illness problem. And when you're trapped inside a subway tube with mentally ill people that could spring into violence at any one moment, okay, it creates this overall vibe of unrest that's really become a horror for people who live in the city. 27 folks have died riding the subway this year. 27 people have died. Whether they were thrown in front of a train, stabbed, shot, mugged, beaten, 27 people have died. So do you understand when we get on the subway now, there's not a woman in New York City that doesn't get on the subway with some type of a mace, some type of a brass knuckle, in a lot of instances, more than one. Okay, I can tell you myself as a guy riding the subway, I'm six foot one, I'm 245 pounds. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Whatever. The point is, even a man of my physique, of my heft, okay, when I'm on the subway and we're getting to my stop, I don't turn around to face the door I'm about to get out of until that door is open. You don't ever turn your back to the rest of the train, okay, in New York City. I'm saying there's a guy who's 6'1", 245. I can't imagine how all these dainty little women and children feel. You understand children ride the subway to school in New York City. They don't ride school buses. They get on the subway with ex-cons with 40 prior arrests, with Jordan Neely's of the world, people that are violently attacking women and children. So do you understand, two days ago, Jordan Neely's on the train, has a freakout, okay, starts screaming at people, starts shoving people, starts yelling, and he doesn't care if he's going to die, he's going to attack people, he's going to kill people. A former United States Marine springs into action, throws him in a chokehold, and brings him to the ground as he's attempting to attack women. Now, lo and behold, Jordan Neely winds up dying from this chokehold. I'm not happy that he's dead. But if you honestly think for a second we should be madder at the vigilante forced into action by the lawless environment our elected leaders have created than the actual elected leaders themselves, you are weapons-grade stupid. He knows what he's talking about. You are AOC or you are Kathy Hochul. Okay, here's the governor, Kathy Hochul, who says, Jordan Neely was killed for being a passenger on the subway. You are so full of sh. Yeah, he was just riding along, as you do. Just, you know, watching The Crown on Netflix. And some guy just jumped in and killed him. That's what Kathy Hochul is going with. Now, why are the race pimps on the left trying to make this move? It's because their policies created this scenario. Oh, wow. Kathy Hochul. All the way on board with every one of these woke bail reforms. Everything woke turns to For sure. Okay? Kathy Hochul as a governor doing nothing to address a rampant mental illness problem. And even AOC who jumped in. Okay? And make no mistake about it. Play this montage all the time. AOC was one of the jackasses 
who tried to convince us that the cops were a bigger threat to society than the criminals. You're an idiot. She really is. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. I mean, would you shut up? They wanted to defund the police. That's it. No more cops. We get rid of the cops. We defund the police. Can you imagine being that stupid? A lot of them are. But the people who created this lawlessness don't want to own it, so they want to fight about pretend racism as opposed to the real problems they created. No differently than the protesters who created this problem by voting in liberal prosecutors, liberal mayors, liberal governors who had no regard for them, who don't care. They don't ride the subway. But here's Kathy Hochul trying to tell you Jordan Neely was killed just for getting on the subway. Clip one. I do want to acknowledge how horrific it was to view a video of Jordan Neely being killed uh, for being a passenger on our subway trains. I don't mm. care about labeling it. Just looking at that video, you know it's wrong. No one has the right to take the life of another person. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. She just flat out said, I want to acknowledge how horrific it was to see a video of Jordan Neely being killed for being a passenger on our subway train. Okay. And then comes back to say, I don't want to label it. You just did. I think he's got a point. You just did. Okay, not only did you label it, not only are you race baiting and saying he was killed just because. Dude, he wasn't a passenger. He was a menace. Correct the mundo. Screaming at people, threatening to kill people. Here's one for you. You might not have known. Jordan Neely, as a Michael Jackson impersonator, had become quite famous and visible on the train. He was on the train all the time. In fact, people are posting pictures of him breakdancing now. People are saying, oh, look, he was this poor guy. He was better than even the real Michael Jackson. He's totally false. But the point is, he was a guy who had become a bit of a viral sensation on and offline because he was very present on the train. About 10 years ago, a very popular Reddit thread took off in which people started to warn other passengers to steer clear of this guy because he had spiraled and become pretty violent with passengers. Now, again, Jordan Neely was failed by our society. Elected officials have turned a blind eye toward the mental health problem in this city. They've turned a blind eye towards the rampant violent crime epidemic plaguing this city. But it's their policies that created it. So you understand they want to go in on race baiting. They want to go in on fake problems because, okay, fake problems, fake racism, because it's easier than dealing with the real situation. Listen to this montage of protesters chanting to burn it down. No more white supremacy. Clip four. And these are people protesting the cops. No NYPD, no white supremacy. That's what they said. Shame on the cops. That's what they said. Folks, Jordan Neely was menacing a train full of predominantly minority passengers. 
if the guy who stopped him was a white supremacist, wouldn't he, I don't know, maybe let Jordan Neely attack all of these people instead of, oh, I don't know, rescuing these people? I mean, have we given that any thought? I mean, dude. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Really, though, think about it. But that's how small-minded and stupid this is. The problem with the society we live in right now is everything has become a branding exercise. It's a lot of people on the left that would rather align themselves as fake civil rights crusaders because they think it looks good in their bio. They think it looks good on the gram. And it's tearing down the quality of life in the city. Okay, it's no differently than the AOCs of the world, the Kathy Hochul's of the world. It's good branding, but it's bad for the city. Okay, there was a guy yesterday, two days ago, who sprung into action to save people. He wasn't riding along, okay, like beatboxing to a Slick Rick song. You know, he wasn't like sexting women (laughs) on his phone in between subway stops, looking at all the half-naked chicks on Instagram. Hubba, hubba. No, 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 no. He was an ex-Marine who served this country, who risked his life for your freedoms. And as he was riding along on the train randomly, he didn't get on and go, I'm going to kill a black person today. I'm going to attack a minority today. No, he was keeping to himself riding the train. And a zombie, as is often the case in New York, there are tens of thousands of them on our subways everywhere you look. A zombie started screaming and getting violent with women and children. The man who sprung into action okay, is a man I hope will spring into action anytime I'm on the train with my family. And deep down, so does every one of these idiot protesters when they think about it. It's easy to brand and say, ah, the racist, you don't know what's in that guy's heart. But you do know women and children were in danger. And the idea that someone sprung into action to protect everyone else on the train doesn't make them a white supremacist, makes them a hero. Okay, should the guy have died? In a perfect world, he wouldn't. But if we're going to sit here and pretend that he died because he was a passenger and someone randomly killed him or he died because of the color of his skin, then, yes, we're going to get more of what we have now, which is people marching, cop cars burning, criminals being more emboldened and every single one of us being a hell of a whole lot less safe. We killed this city. We killed this city by God. We killed this city by going woke. Say you might rob me or punch me in the face.
You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing on the radio here in New York City. A town calling for unrest and civil disobedience. After a Marine veteran subdued a violent subway attacker, putting him in a chokehold, saving women and children. Sadly, the violent attacker lost his life. I'm not happy he lost his life. But I'm even sadder by the reality that this entire town has now been engulfed in a pretend protest about racism instead of dealing with the real issue of mental illness and violent crime plaguing our streets. But here is Jamal Bowman, another intellectual zero in the Democratic Party. He's a representative. He went on CNN yesterday. CNN is the worst. They really are. But again, wanted to let you know that there were so many things that could have been done before the Marine veteran placed this unhoused man into a chokehold. What the hell did you just say? That's the new term. They're now calling them unhoused. Okay, it's been reported all over the news. Axios wrote about it. An unhoused man is what they said. That was absolutely dreadful. The idea that we're working on the words instead of the issues is everything that's wrong with society. Bingo. Let's not find the guy a house. Let's work on a polite term. How about, I don't know. If I was homeless, I'd rather find a place to live than be referred to as a free-range person. But here's Jamal Bowman. What an idiot. Clip two. I'm born and raised in New York. I I rode the trains my entire life as a child. Oh, as a child. Uh, You often see people who are unhoused (laughs) have episodes. And I couldn't help but think of the, like, ten other things that could have been done before this person decided to wrap his arms around Mr. Neely's neck and choke him to death. You see, the plan wasn't to do that, but the unhoused person was threatening women and children. And the idea that we have more empathy for the attacker than the hero is why this dude's a clown. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. If you want a part of the show, a show that will include Sean Duffy, who will be on a little bit later today, as well as former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich is going to be here as well to help us wrap up our inaugural week on KXBO 1340 AM in Grafton, North Dakota. Our brand spanking new affiliate. We're also on a new time slot in KRMG down in Tulsa. And uh, we just added another really hot affiliate you'll hear about on Monday. So buckle up, kids, because right now we're going to go to the phones and expand our plan for world domination. Steve is down in Tyler, Texas. Yo, Steve. Hey, Jimmy. Love the show. My man. Thanks for doing it. Of course. I'm trying over here. I mean, they pay me in beer. It's not really much to do, but thanks. That explains a lot. I heard it. I've seen you on TV, and I do understand you've got a face for radio. But <laughs> Good for you! Go ahead. <laughs> Good for you. 
Well, hey, uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm thinking that the guy that was unhoused in uh, on the subway could possibly heard that AOC was trying to come down and maybe represent him or something. So I think he possibly pressed his throat against the Marine's forearm. Oh, no. You said he didn't want to hang out with AOC. I see what you're going for here. Listen, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) I mean, man, the idea, though, that they've come up with this new term unhoused. And you know why that's designed for real, Steve? Just in the audience should hear this, too, is because it sounds more sympathetic than homeless. People hear homeless, they think, oh, junkie, drug addict, crazy person. By framing it as unhoused, they're like, this victim of society with the rising costs Mm -hmm. is unhoused, and lo and behold, he was just killed for being unhoused. And why do they do that? Because they're trying to get people emotional because you can deliver on emotions, and it's a lot easier to deliver on emotions than it is on actual improvements for society. So the AOCs Absolutely. of the world, and I know you know this, okay, down in East Texas, the, you know, the all hat and no cattle expression that you guys have used from time to time, uh, that's, yeah. what the, that's exactly what this is, okay? They yeah. talk big, we're here to protect people and women and minorities, but by letting these crazy people roam free, they're actually endangering women and minorities, that's correct. I'm telling you, man. Sure. I, I'm going to come. I'm, I'm mean, moving to East Texas. That's what this I is. I wish it. you'd come on down. We'll visit again at Happy's or eat some good old crawfish. Something. <laughs> oh, Steve-O, I would love to. Fox doesn't want me anywhere near Texas right now because you guys feed me too much food. Uh, but if, <laughs> I have to lie and tell the wardrobe department I'm going to like a yoga retreat in Los Angeles. And then we can mm-hmm. sneak back down to one of your rib joints and have some fun. <laughs> there you go. The country tavern, baby. <laughs> yes. Well, listen, if you guys were upset about white cowboy boots, you're definitely not going to like me in yoga pants, but, but oh, God. I'll try yes, to change it. Too. I'll try to change at the airport before I get there. Okay, buddy. I cannot poke out my mind's eye fast enough. <laughs> vision of you in yoga pants. A lot, a lot of tough love on this call, Steve. I love you. Have a big weekend, man. There he goes, the great Steve. Giving the champ a hard time for his physique. Hey, come on, man. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. I am hungry. It's fr- I'm starving. You guys got to understand. Like, I, you know, I always say it's the funny thing about me being on TV every night in primetime is I'm on with TV stars and I look like the guy who installed your TV. So I have to make like a decent effort to kind of eat like someone who works in TV, you know, but is that actual effort working itself the answer would be no (laughs) you know whatever i'm presentable i'm standard definition pretty standard if you're watching in standard definition i'm pretty that is a fact check false a lot of tough love on the show today whatever the point is if you're watching in high def i'm not the bad guy here i've given you plenty of heads ups along the way but to the point steve made earlier the democrats have switched to a phrase called un housed person (laughs) that was embarrassing and why have they done that okay there are certain terms in society that carry negative stigmas why do they carry negative stigmas are you ready for it because they're bad things to be think about all the democrats who don't want you to say the word pedophile anymore they want you to say minor attracted persons they're crazy Minor attracted person. Why? Because calling him a pedophile comes with a negative connotation. Hey, here's a newsflash. Being a pedophile should have a negative connotation. You're absolutely right.
The idea that we're cleaning up the bad things instead of actually addressing the problem. Okay? If you're being molested by a pedophile or a minor attracted person, I promise you, one name doesn't make the experience any better than the other. It's horrible. That should be the issue. Homelessness. We're not trying to solve homelessness. We're trying to come up with new empathetic words that make homelessness not sound like a bad thing. Why? Because the Democrats running these cities aren't doing anything to address homelessness. When Gavin Newsom ran for governor of California, he specifically said, this is the number one item on my agenda. And now California, like New York, overwhelmed with tents and street crazies. And that's the entire Democratic ethos. They come up with terms that allow them to deliver emotionally. Because if you're running on emotions, you don't actually have to deliver any tangible improvements. This is every one of their policies. What's the climate thing? We're all going to die. Spend a bunch of money or we're all going to die. That's what they say. That's been the climate grift going all the way back to the 70s. We're all going to freeze to death. Please give us money. All right. Ten years came and went. Nobody froze. Global warming. We're all going to melt. Please give us money. All right. Nobody melted. All right. Well, the climate's changing. Sometimes it's cold. Sometimes it's hot. But we're all going to die. Please give us money. Okay. But none of these benchmarks are ever met. And here's the bigger takeaway. They have no data to support any of them. The only data we have when it comes to the climate movement is that folks are getting paid. Money, 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 money. This really does piggyback off the homeless thing. Let me give you this clip really quick, really quick. We'll just jump around the map. John Kennedy, just senator from Louisiana yesterday, okay, talking to the government expert on climate. (laughs) He said he asked if they could tell him. How much temperatures would drop if we spent $50 trillion on climate initiatives? Okay, meaning, all right, you want us to spend $50 trillion, like our GDP times 100, okay, on climate change. Can you give me any answer as to how that would affect the climate in a positive way? The answer would be no. No, they can't give an answer. Listen to this clip. It's clip uh, 32. If we spent $50 trillion to become carbon neutral by 2050 in the United States of America, how, how much is that going to reduce world temperatures? This is a global problem. So we need to reduce our emissions and we need to do everything we can. How much, if we do our part, countries. is it going to reduce so world we're temperatures? So we're 13% of global emissions. You don't right know, now. do you? You don't know, do you? You can do the math. We need to you don't know, do you, Mr. Secretary? So we're 13% of if global If you know, emissions. why won't if you we tell went, me? If we went to zero, that would be 13%. You don't know, do you? You just want us to spend $50 trillion, and you don't have the slightest idea whether it's going to reduce world temperatures. Democrats are so full of crap. Do you understand? He can't give him an answer. We just need to go spend 50 trillion dollars in the name of climate change that is financial lunacy it is lunacy why because they don't have any proof of how it'll affect things what a fraud okay and understand that it's a fraud this is the climate agenda is about control it is a religion to some on the left they think they're saving the world these are white people 
who the 99.9% of all climate activists are white people. Climate change is white privilege. When you're so rich, you feel a sense of guilt about how ridiculously lux your life is. So you've convinced yourself you're saving the planet. Who are the faces of climate change? The Bill Gateses of the world, the John Kerry's of the world, okay? People who are getting paid hands over fist. Money, 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 money. Okay, really think about it. Prince Harry's a climate crusader. What do they all have in common besides the fact that they fly around in private jets? They've tried Al Gore's a good example. Al Gore's electric bill is so big it makes Las Vegas look Amish. Yet Al Gore's out there any time they'll pay him to give a speech. We're all going to die unless you follow my lead. They've convinced themselves they're saving the world. Okay, this is what you do. You know, Hollywood actors take this position all the time. If you're getting paid 30 million dollars to pretend you're a cowboy (laughs) and you spend the rest of your day shacked up in a trailer Banging supermodels in between takes. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, if that's the gig and you're making 30 to $60 million a year, you feel a sense of guilt. You do. I can tell you this is a radio host. I used to be a cab driver 84 hours a week. You cannot imagine the survivor's guilt I have in not having to work that gig in the conditions that I did for the lack of money that I had. Every time I take a taxi, every time, a taxi, an Uber, a Lyft, whatever it is, every time, I am tipping these guys to the point that they think I am romantically interested in them. I love it when you talk dirty. No, but that's the straight up. Whatever I have on me, you talk to any driver here at Fox who takes me somewhere, I am like passenger number one. One, I will drive the car for them if I think they don't know what they're doing or they're overwhelmed by traffic because I was, you know, pound for pound, probably one of the best cab drivers who ever lived. Really, I was actually really good at it. And, uh, you know, despite what the state says about the vehicular homicides, I was... You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. But the point is I feel a survivor's guilt. So I am always, always going out of my way to be generous with guys in the position I once had. Okay, but I just can't imagine the level of guilt you feel if you're making $100 million a year and doing nothing but pretending to be, you know, an astronaut or a cop in a movie or whatever the hell you do. So they give themselves this higher purpose. Well, I shouldn't feel bad about this. I'm saving the world. And that's what the guys like John Kerry do. They fly around in private jets. They create more pollution by flying around in private jets. But they tell themselves it's okay because of all the other people they're convincing to cut their emissions. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But this week, what did they do in their exercise in control? Okay, the Democrats here in New York City, they went out and they banned gas stoves. Now, why is this significant? One, it's stupid. I mean, the Democrats tell you all the time, you know, the government needs to stay out of our bedrooms when it comes to abortion. But they're fine with the government being in your kitchen with your stove, your garage with your car, make it electric. Okay, wherever the hell you keep your washing machine. If you remember a month ago, they told us they're changing the standards on washing machines and now they're going to be less you know, efficient because they want a higher green energy yield. Okay, but understand, when this referendum was floated, we covered this story pretty aggressively here at Fox. We we're like, ah, oh, the Democrats are going to ban gas stoves. This is stupid. They have no right. Shut up. With all the problems going on in New York City, 26,000 felonious assaults this year. 27 people have been killed on the subway this year. I've got it. We'll change the stoves. Okay, so when we started covering this story on Fox, what did the Democrats do? They tried to clown us. And they said, oh, this right-wing conspiracy, they're banning stoves. Listen to it. It's clip 34. 
you might think that the U.S. government is coming for your gas stove. That is a new and absolutely ridiculous one. Turns out Fox News and Republicans are up in arms because they say the government is coming to take your stoves. What Republicans are saying is, damn it, they're going to take your gas stove. The GOP have been stoking a ridiculous new freakout about gas stoves. No one is taking your gas stove. The right-wing freakout over the use of gas stoves is merely the latest in a long series of made-up culture war battles designed to enrage and rile up their right-wing and paranoid base. Republicans have turned a government warning about your health into a lie about Democrats trying to take your stoves. You get some bureaucrat saying something that has no power, and then suddenly you have Ron DeSantis, so I'm going to protect your gas. Everybody's going to be talking about gas stoves, gas It's so stupid. The media is a bunch of losers. So that was 51 seconds, 22 clips of Democrats saying Republicans are lying and making up this narrative that the government's going to take your gas stoves. <laughs> Lo and behold, state of New York announcing, as we had predicted, they're taking away gas stoves. Clip 35. New York City is moving to snuff out gas stoves. New York becoming the first state to ban natural gas and other fossil fuels in most new buildings, including gas stoves. The new law requires all electric heating and cooking in new buildings shorter than seven stories by 2026. Governor Kathy Hochul and the Democratic-controlled state legislature approved a bill on Tuesday prohibiting the use of fossil fuels for heating and cooking. The law is the first statewide ban in the nation and goes into effect in 2026 for buildings under seven stories. So I guess we have some issues. <laughs> now, has anyone in the media that you heard in that initial montage saying it was paranoia, the Republicans were trying to spread fear and make people angry? Have any of them followed up and reported on the real fact that the stoves got banned? The answer would be no. And understand, New York, being one of the most populous states in the country, sets the standard for the other liberal states around the country, meaning now that New York has banned gas stoves, they'll be banning gas stoves just about everywhere. That's true. That is true. But what did the Democrats do? They projected. They lied. They catered to emotion and confirmation bias. Oh, you know better than those angry white Republicans lying about gas stoves. Good thing you're not one of them. Tune in tomorrow night to the Joy Reid Show. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. That's what they do. Okay. Complete lies. They did ban gas stoves in New York, and guess what? They're going to ban them around the country, too. This is how they control us. We don't vote on this stuff. Nobody gives a rat's ass about climate change. That's why it's always tied to climate justice and racial reparations for the climate. Or inflation reduction. Because if it was left to its own devices, nobody would care. We're living in an America where inflation is at a 40-year high. 70% of the country is living paycheck to paycheck. And we're being faced with a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. None of us, none of us has the luxury to care what the weather's going to do in 50 years. But they continue to harp on stuff like this because it's emotional. They don't have data, and they don't owe you a deliverable. They just have to tell you we're all going to die. They're all a bunch of racists. They hate women. They hate trans people. Okay? That's what's going on. The reason we have a term like unhoused person is because it's easier to get people emotional than it is to solve the problems that they created. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit.
You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. little breaking political news on a Friday. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky stepping down. She is, of course, famous for assuring the American people that vaccinated folks don't get COVID. Here it was. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. You suck, you jackass. <laughs> not only did vaccinated people sadly get COVID, but uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of them died of COVID, despite the fact that they were vaccinated. Okay, you never heard of thousands of breakthrough measles or mumps deaths, but Rochelle Walensky presided over a mandate that led to lots of them. She'll probably work for a pharmaceutical company next. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom, there it is, back in action, big Friday episode of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, 888 Seven eight eight nine nine one zero. If you want a part of the shindig, a shindig that will include cable news super hunk Sean Duffy, former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. We'll also get into your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, whatever you're sending. It could be a smoke signal if Elizabeth Warren happens to be listening. Whatever, it's a fair fight. We say it every day. I happen to be a conservative, but this is not a conservative talk show. It is an American talk show. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. Now you're all welcome. Listen, as the country goes, we go. And the reason I'm trying to lower the temperature every day is we have to stop looking at each other as enemies. Yes, I hate every liberal policy. Like, I actually hate them, you know, because I live in a town that is bearing the brunt of them. You know, like the woke bail reforms that emptied the prisons, like stuff like that. You know, the mental health issues we're dealing with, all the stupid green energy initiatives that have made driving here just, you know, it's like a th- driving in New York is like a thinly veiled way of going to a dominatrix. <laughs> You're getting called names. You're stuck in traffic all day. People are punching you in the head at red lights. It's crazy. And they take all your money. Oh, the tolls in New York. You know how much we pay to cross the George Washington Bridge? I'm not kidding. Okay. Paying about $22 to go across the bridge in New York City. What the hell did you just say? Exactly. And then they expect you, and they expect you to talk down all the Met fans from jumping off the George Washington Bridge. Yeah, for $22, help your own Met fans. I'm not dealing with that. That could have been a Jets joke, just the same, just being silly now. But the point is, right now, at a time when we have broken records, for illegal border crossings. A lot of these liberal policies that I hate have caused this. And the reason I want to cater to the common sense element is because these differences that have turned us into enemies at some point are going to require us to remember that we are teammates. That's what I'm saying. I think he's got a point. Okay. Right now, yeah, you're a liberal. I can't stand you. You're a Republican. I can't stand you. But that can't be the standard operating procedure because if somebody ever wants to go to war with us, you know, like China does, we've got to be teammates again. Okay. The border issue is crippling us 
on the world stage, even though it's our domestic border, it is straining our resources to the moon in terms of the money we're spending to not only bring people in but give them stimulus checks, relocate them and house them and clothe them in other cities. That's what's going on right now. People are coming here illegally and we're shipping them around the country to sanctuary cities and we're paying for the month. We're paying. That's coming out of your tax dollar. Thanks, big government weenuses. And at a time when that's going on, you think about like New York City, the big protest going on today. So there's a mentally ill man who's attacking people on the subway. Okay, a Marine veteran subdues the mentally ill man. He dies in a headlock. Okay, and now we're having a fake protest about pretend racism instead of dealing with the strained resources in our city that are letting the mentally ill run around society unchecked. We're not holding the elected leaders who failed us accountable, nor do we have the resources to solve the problems that they've caused. Yet we're sitting here today, I'm about to read you a report that Homeland Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and Biden administration officials are working to increase, increase immigration from Central America to the United States. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. So even as we're dealing with an expected surge in illegal border crossings, when they repeal Title 42, we're expecting 13,000 migrants a day to storm our border when they repeal Title 42. But in addition to those 13,000 migrants, Mayorkas and Biden, okay, are working alongside Central American nations, okay, to boost migration, increase the number of H-2 visas, which will allow non-citizens to work by 25% for the workers from Central America, meaning an increase of 25,000 workers. Now, the U.S. goal is to provide up to $65 million of taxpayer dollars to Central American nations to operationalize a pilot grant program for agricultural employers to address labor instability and labor shortages. Now, again, anyone who wants to come here and work and contribute is absolutely welcome to. Absolutely. This is a country founded on legal immigration. So, of course, I'm behind it. Okay, but my real question is, what about the people who are already here? Like, at what point do we start allocating resources and prioritizing the legal citizens of this country? Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. Yo, banks are failing. We've had three of the biggest bank failures in the history of this country in the last three months. Biden is such a disaster. But think about that. Banks are failing. Inflation's at a 40-year high. The national murder rate's at a 30-year high. Again, I'm all for sending a nice Venmo to Zelensky when we need to. You know, I don't like Putin. I get it. But at some point, America has to become the priority. Or there's no America left to serve as the world's ATM. Okay, that's the problem we have, is everybody in D.C. has prioritized everything but what we need to be doing within the confines of our own home. And we're spending a ton of money to do it. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. Okay, but let's talk about the border, because Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich is going to join us in this hour. Okay, and I very much expect him to echo the sentiments of Mark Esper, who was on America's Newsroom this morning, and straight up address the issue we're having at the southern border. You know, there's this big fight going on where 
you know, all of the migrants being relocated from Texas or winding up in sanctuary cities like New York and Chicago. Of course, New York Mayor Eric Adams says, well, this is only going on because they're black mayors. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. You want to know why? Because these cities, okay, are not receiving migrants because the mayors are black. They're receiving migrants. Are you ready for it? Because they declared themselves sanctuary cities. That is correct. Okay, when Trump was the president and he wanted to enforce border security. Understand, both political parties have always, always voted for border security. They voted for a border wall under George W. Bush, and they voted for a border wall again under Barack Obama, okay? I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is, yeah, they want you to believe walls are racist, we should be building bridges and not walls. The Democrats funded walls. But when Trump came down the escalator and was like, no, let's build a wall, the whole thing, lock it off, make everyone come in legally. They were like, that's racist, that's bad. But because he had committed and taken an active stance in reducing illegal immigration, do you know what it did? It inspired people to stay where they were instead of trying to get into the country. Trump was able to cut illegal border crossings by 80%. Ergo, no one was coming. And because no one was coming, the Democratic-run cities like New York and Chicago and San Francisco could declare themselves sanctuary cities. Why? Because it would allow them to virtue signal. Oh, we'll take the migrants. Of course we will. We'd love to have the migrants. No person is illegal. Bring them here. And they could say that because they didn't think the migrants were coming. Do you get it? But then Trump left office. They repealed his border policies. And now all the migrants are showing up. And now the Democrats are forced to take them. (laughs) And it is funny. You want to know why? Because they don't want to take them. Every one of those people that was like, no humans illegal. In this town, we welcome migrants and people fleeing oppression. Until the people fleeing that oppression showed up to Martha's Vineyard. At which point the people of Martha's Vineyard were like, get them out of here. Get them out. They weren't even there. 48 hours. Martha's Vineyard, every sign in town, nobody's illegal, we welcome migrants, we're a sanctuary town. 42 migrants showed up to the richest vacation community in America, and they kicked them out in 24 hours. That's just how white folks will do you. Here is Mark Esper telling you the truth. We could have left everything at the border alone, we'd be fine. Clip 11. The bottom line is border security is national security, and we need to secure the border. And the irony here is if, that the, if the CPP was adequately funded and resourced, and if we had finished the border wall, uh, there wouldn't be the need for troops to deploy to the border. And this is the irony of the entire situation here. But uh, look, you have a situation now where six to 8,000 people a day are crossing. Uh, we think by when Title 42 ends next week, it'll be over 10,000. John, that's well over a quarter of a million people a month crossing illegally into the United States, and we don't know who they are, what they're doing, what they're carrying, so forth and so on. And what he's basically saying to Joe Biden is... You have no idea how to defend a nation. None. Here's Greg Abbott, governor of Texas. He's been taking a lot of heat for relocating migrants. He explains why he continues to do so. Clip five. New York and Chicago, they are self-declared sanctuary cities. So you would think they would be asking for me 
to be busing migrants to their cities. Uh, the fact of the matter is, Laura, that uh, there are more people coming across the border every single day than there are migrants that are in Chicago or New York. This is not a Texas problem. This is a United States problem. Uh, and it's the responsibility of uh, New York and Chicago and the entire country to deal with a problem caused by Joe Biden and Joe Biden's open border policies. We can never forget the way it was just a few years ago under President Trump. We were at multi-decade lows in the number of people coming across the border. Now we are at these record-breaking highs, and it will get worse when Title 42 is repealed. I mean, think about that, man. You've got to get mad! I don't, I don't want to get you mad. It's a pretty light show, but it's the kind of thing that does get you mad. Okay, we had illegal border crossings at multi-decade lows, now we're breaking every record on record under this presidency, and they're talking about additional ways to increase migration. But rather than dealing with the president who has failed to secure the border, rather than holding the party accountable that is tasked with securing the border, which again is the front door to our house, they're continuing to claim it's all racist. I played you this Eric Adams clip earlier in the week. Okay. Eric Adams said, well, the newspaper called Abbott racist. I didn't say he was racist. I just said he's targeting black people. <laughs> That's what he said with a straight face, dude. <laughs> Listen to this clip. Clip seven. I never used the term racist. That was a little creative journalism that was used. Uh, but let's look at the facts. 108,000 cities in New York. 108,000. Uh, Governor Abbott sent uh, asylum seekers to New York, black mayor, to Washington, black mayor, to Houston, black mayor, uh, to Los Angeles, black mayor, uh, to Denver, black mayor. He passed over thousands of cities to land here. You don't have a clue. Mayor Nightclub, Eric Adams, like legitimately, just so you understand, you know, I used to be a cab driver. I do stand up in all the clubs here in the city. I'm, you know, I'm on TV. I know everybody. I know everybody in the nightclub business. Mayor Adams is in every VIP champagne room he can get his hands on, like five, six nights a week. Guy's out every night because he wants to be a celebrity politician, wants to be a big part of the culture, hang out with ball players and models. And, you know, I don't. Hubba, hubba. Yeah, I don't begrudge him that. But the point is, he doesn't want to solve problems. He just wants to make himself a national name so he can fail upwards in the Democratic Party. People do that. You know, Pete Buttigieg was a terrible mayor in South Bend, Indiana. They named him Pothole Pete. But he became a national name, and that ultimately turned him into the Secretary of Transportation. Okay, a guy who went from not being able to handle the roads in South Bend, Indiana— to being in charge of every single road in the United States of America. This is ridiculous. Look at Kamala Harris. She ran for president. She was polling at less than 1% when she dropped out of the primaries. She's now second in line. She's first in line to the presidency anyway. I mean, come on, man, just by becoming a national name. That's what Eric Adams is hoping to do. But when he says, oh, I didn't call him racist. I just said he's targeting black mayors. Okay, again, straight up clown stuff. But understand what he fails, what he neglects to include in his analysis is that these are the five biggest cities in America. Five biggest. Okay. Migrants get relocated where they want to go. Why do they wind up in the five biggest cities? 
because they have the biggest populations, which means odds are there's a much higher chance that they'll know somebody there, that they'll have a relative, that they'll have a friend. Never mind that Eric Adams is the mayor of a sanctuary city. He declared, we want the migrants. That was the declaration when the migrants weren't coming. Then the migrants actually came. And now he's complaining. Democrats are so full of crap. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking with Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich in the next break. Talking about the border. You know, I talk about the border on the, a lot on the show. People like, why are you talking about the damn border again? Well, two things. One, we don't have a southern border problem. We have a 50-state problem. The things that come into the border wind up in every state in the country. It's the front door of the house. But two, I have a 14-year-old kid who's in high school right now. And there's never been a more dangerous time to be a high school kid in this country. Meaning a lot of us grew up in an era. You might not have done drugs, but you definitely were surrounded by people who did. And you want to know something? They didn't all drop dead randomly off one interaction with a pill. Okay, the fentanyl that's being moved across our southern border has become the leading cause of adult death in this country. And the people in high school and college that are dying of this drug are not overdosing. We keep calling it an overdose. The implication being, well, they did so many drugs, it eventually killed them. No, the people dying from fentanyl are doing it once. Once. Ah, took an Adderall to stay up and write a term paper, and now they're dead. Okay, that's going on in record numbers. And again, rather than tackling this, they're trying to deflect politically. This was the best claim of the week. Corrine Jean-Pierre claiming Biden brought down illegal border crossing by 90%. Clip 13. When it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90 percent, and that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. But we know that more action needs to be taken, so it has to be legislative action. We're going to continue to call Congress. You are lying your ass off. Okay. Border crossings are actually up this year, again, <laughs> over last year's record-breaking high. Okay, according to Customs and Border Patrol, they're up by 138,000 people over this time last year. Does that sound like a reduction? (laughs) Let alone a 90% reduction? (laughs) Here's Peter Ducey asking her where she got the numbers from, clip 12. You said yesterday that when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down by more than 90%. Where did that number come from? It was, because I was CBP speaking. is telling us the number is. I hear you. I'm about to answer. I'm about, people I'm about to answer you. Year so if you, far. if you, if the dramatics could come down just a little bit. Um, if the dramatics could come down a little what's bit. What's dramatic about asking a question about? Okay, I'm, go- I'm going to answer. So I was speaking to the parolee program. As you know, the president put in place a parolee program to deal with, uh, to deal with certain countries uh, on on ways that we can limit illegal migration. And we have seen the data has shown us that it has gone down by more than ninety percent. That was what I was speaking and to. No, I'm, we're, we're going to go. We're going to move. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, Corrine Jean Pierre. You are so full of. Sh- That's what you were trying to say, okay? And we all got the truth by the end of the statement the truth being you're a bald-faced liar a liar 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. He is, of course, a former Arizona Attorney General. Uh, him vacating that position. Uh, bad news for the people of Arizona. Good news for anybody who owns a cigar label. Mark Bernovich on the line. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, I'm still looking for that uh, personal uh, Berno cigar line. So uh, <laughs> thank you for pitching or thank you for plugging that. I, I can't accept free cigars now, everyone. So, Unbelievable. Yeah. It's, a, it's a whole new world, man. It's, <laughs> it's a whole new world. Uh, I'm, I'm the Hunter Biden of yes, exactly. I shouldn't say that. Now someone's going to record that and post it online. You are listen. I've hung out. I've hung out with you. You are not the Hunter Biden. You are like a Hunter Biden starter kit. Hunter Biden. I mean, you're you're smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. Hunter Biden was well beyond those substances, pal. You were. Yeah. Woo. Hits the bottle and goes right to the rock, as yeah. uh, they say. Yeah. It, uh, compared to Hunter. Yeah. Compared to Hunter Biden, you're like a guy with one gold chain claiming to be Mr. T. You know. You gotta, <laughs> you got to increase your output. Yes. I pity the fool. Imagine. Well, retirement, uh, or whatever you're calling this, certainly looks good on you. And I know you're not retired. You're out there. You did a forum this week, uh, which I thought was incredible. Because let's start there. What you were talking about in the thing I saw on Twitter was environmental justice, which is one of my favorite things in the world. Because to me, it's just a grift, is it not? Oh, it's an absolute grift. One of the things that I've been talking about for years, Jimmy, is that when the Soviet Union collapsed, Communism didn't die. All those people just ended up in the environmental movement because it really it's about a bunch of awoke, you know, college age white kids that needed a new religion. And so they they bought into this and then they have their prophets like Bernie Sanders and AOC that basically want to redistribute wealth and control our lives. And so they're using that environmental wedge and now even you know, the social justice wedge in order, the environmental justice wedge yep. in order to basically try to control our lives. And really it's, um, you know, I always tell folks that climate change is not the most immediate threat to humanity. It's social aware, a lawlessness and the wokeness that's occurring with this whole new generation. Oh, it's so true. We're talking to former Arizona attorney general, Mark Burnovich, uh, the idea environmental justice <laughs> like yeah. the weather the racist weather will finally be dealt with well, well, uh, and they, they scare the death out of all these like younger people and you know other folks thinking oh my god and and how many times look you're 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 old enough now to remember when you know in, in the 70s it was going to be global cooling and coming ice age and then it was global warming and then when they got it wrong because every you know 10 yep. or 20 years there's different weather patterns it became climate change and so they're wrong anecdotally they're wrong statistically and when every i keep trying to remind folks that you know people like my mom who worked hard she's 88 years old she lived in lived through world war ii and communism and the only green that she cares about right now is the green in her ira she doesn't care about any green in brazil or anything else um because she knows that she's been around long enough to see that you know there's always some you know grift some Mm -hmm. scam where a bunch of people want to benefit their buddies it's essentially crony capitalism and impose their values on your lives and and so this whole environmental movement is really really dangerous because it's become almost like a cult or religion for so many people and you know the whole thing about you're a denier you you know you're a whatever you know climate denier and so they shame you you know they try to excuse me you know destroy you you know just define you and then destroy you and so it's, it's something we all need to be wary of and look i want clean air i want clean water if i go hunting i go fishing i, I enjoy the outdoors but my goodness um the world is not going to end in five or ten years and the climate people go ahead you guys control me i'm at 
at uh, you know General Brnovich, climate <laughs> has been changing for thousands, if not millions of years, depending on how old you believe the Earth is, right? Yep. I mean, it is, it's constantly changing, you know? So, um, you know, the day. fact that, you know, we get a little wetter this year, last year, yeah, anyway. Well, it it's, really does no, it's me. a good point. I mean, this is the thing I would add to that, is most of what the left is accomplishing now in society is basically in um as they were they found a workaround to debate like a substantive exchange of ideas basically it just now becomes give us the thing we want or people will die okay it's it's not specific to to any one area you know the climate do what we want on the climate or people will die you know when they talk about you know gender affirming care for 3 year old and 4 year old kids well if you don't give us this they're going to die they're all going to kill themselves well they haven't had this right up until now and there was no rash of suicides but getting off of that issue the point i'm trying to make is the old adage is as you know is when you have the facts pound the facts when you have nothing pound the table okay they pound the table on climate change they don't have anything senator kennedy yesterday from louisiana asked the expert witness uh, how much we would reduce emissions by if we committed to be carbon neutral and spend $50 trillion by the year 2050, and the witness couldn't give him an answer because they don't know. Yeah, exactly. How great is that? We're going to spend $50 trillion and you don't know? Like, I don't want to buy a woman a drink if I don't think I have a shot of scoring, let alone $50 trillion? Come on, man. <laughs> yes, it, it really is ridiculous. And so every time... You fill up your car with gas or every time, you know, you try to refinance your house or you're buying a house and you see what the interest rates are. Uh, Every time you're paying more for groceries, think uh, environmental justice, think this whole ESG, the environmental social governance movement, because it's leading to higher costs. And so the irony, that's the whole irony or bad irony of the social justice movement is supposedly the very people they're trying to help, you know, people in lower incomes or people in you know, disadvantaged groups are the people they are actually hurting the most because, you know, there's all the it's it's a cliche because it's so true. But, you know, Jeff Bezos is flying around in a private jet. He doesn't you know, he can say all he wants about, you know, activism, Mm -hmm. you know, all the stuff with the Biden family and Al Gore and John Kerry. All those people are so sanctimonious and Mm self-righteous. And yet they're hypocrites. And I've always said the greatest sin in government, in politics, is hypocrisy. And the left, when it comes to the environmental movement, their hypocrisy is on display nowhere greater than that. Oh, it's so true. We're talking to former Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich. This idea, uh, this is my takeaway, is I think there are certain people, whether they're Hollywood actors or the John Kerry's of the world, people that have found their way to spectacular prosperity. You know, like they're so rich, they're yeah. using so rich, they're using people as furniture. Like they actually just hire people and sit on them in the living room. It's crazy. Okay, and I think on some level they feel some type of guilt over how ridiculous their lives are. So they've tried to give it a higher purpose. Oh well, I'm saving the planet. You don't understand. This is totally fine that I'm just on a yacht in the Caribbean, 300 days out of the year because I'm saving the planet. I mean, you have to know that's what I'm doing here on the yacht. It's a lot of hard work. Yes, but isn't that like most of that is most of it? Like when you talk about like celebrity activism, because again, none of them, none of them are making the changes. Like the people aren't flying private. You know what else nobody's doing, Bernovich? Nobody's eating bugs. Do you think the guy telling us to eat bugs is eating bugs, or do you think he's going to the Palm after they film the infomercial? <laughs> exactly. I will tell you what, though, I hadn't thought about that, but it, was it 
John Kerry that was the first person to, um, I think, use human beings as furniture. I think that was Bill Clinton because didn't he have the cigar holder? Um, the hey, holder? there it, it is. Whoa, Bernovich, this oh. one's for you. Hold on. Oh, I believe that, one up that together we can make America great again. There it is, Bill Clinton. Uh, I will say this, man. Okay, there's this whole thing going on right now on the left where they're governing by emotion, like they're not governing by fact. A good example of this would be the border. Me and you always talk about the border. Okay, both political parties were in favor of border wall funding until it became a central issue in the 2016 election. And now we went from, well, of course, you'd want to secure your border uh, to we're now not only letting in record breaking levels of migrants, but now we're talking about Mayorkas expanding immigration access with Central American workers at a time when, you know, we're not even taking care of the people in this country. But we wound up in this position. Why? Because the emotionally depicted border security is racist and bad. OK, when the fact is we're in an unsustainable place. So I guess my question to you is. Um, do you buy Corrine Jean-Pierre's claim that border crossings are down by 90 percent? Yeah, who you're going to believe, her or your lying eyes, right? I mean, it's just crazy. It's because you, you're right. You and I have talked about this, and you know I was involved in a lot of litigation all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court a few times on this. And anytime you decriminalize and incentivize any activity, you're going to get more of it. Yeah. And so statistically, you look at the numbers, record numbers. Uh, millions and millions of people it's you know how many we've lost the anecdotes it's the equivalent of the you know 10 wyoming's coming over since joe biden has become president i mean you know more than is what seven times state of delaware and so these numbers are astronomical but it's not just about the fiscal cost it's not just about the cost and loss lost lives because the cartels have seized control of the southern border i keep reminding people that you're fundamentally undermining the very reason why people want to come here we are a nation of immigrants, but we're a nation based on the rule of law, Thank and you. you cannot have anarchy and chaos. And so I think that, the once again, the really bad, perverse irony of all of this is that you cannot start a path to citizenship that starts with someone undermining and breaking the very thing that makes this country great, and that is the rule of law. And so one of the things – you know, this is the problem in D.C. That's why I favor – I'm a big favor of term limits – is they all bitch about it. They all complain about it, and then nothing gets done. Just what yeah. you're talking about. The Republicans yeah. blame the Democrats. Democrats blame the Republicans. And then meanwhile, you have people dying in this country. Yep. We as taxpayers are subsidizing this when we have homeless problems and you know drug problems in this country, addiction problems, mental health issues. And why aren't the Republicans in the House? Why haven't they impeached Mayorkas yet? That should have been happened on day one. Oh, he should have been gone. I'm going to tell you a great Mayorkas story offline before I lose you to a commercial break because I saw him at a party again over the weekend. So every he was at every party in D.C. this weekend, fangirling over well, Don. You can Lund. rub his, you rub, don't they rub his head for luck like the old Buddha head? <laughs> well, Buddha it's not Valley? it's not working. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'll I'll stop the rubbing references while I'm still employed. Uh, Bernovich, I love you. I'll check in over the weekend. Be well, man. You're the best. My man. Um, you forgot to plug your Listen, concert I'll, coming up here. I'll handle all of it. Mesa, Arizona, right. June 10th. It's going down. I'll, I'll talk to you in a little bit. You right, better be I'll, there. I'll handle the cigars. Uh, I will. You're going to come to my house for cigars. Hey, okay. girl. We'll I'm there. Later. See you, buddy. Right. Bye-bye. Right. We're back after this. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you were watching Fallon Vision last night, you saw me with 
Our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, on the highest-rated late-night show in America. Well, today, I pass the torch to this next guest who will be on the Gutfeld panel this evening. He is the co-host of Fox and Friends First, the lovely and talented Todd Pyro. Hey, girl. I looked at the rundown. Hello, by the way. And it looks like Lee Zeldin is the comedian on today's panel. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I'm looking at it. Dude, like, you, yeah, you better bring your A-game. I better bring my A-game. Yeah. I, I like Zeldin. I've been on Gutfeld with him a bunch. He's been on this show a bunch. But he's a little dry. Yeah, and I think he he would say that. Yeah, he, that he would no, we've openly got a great admit pa- that. We've got Dagan on a Friday. Okay, you so know Dagan on a Friday is just like next level. Oh, yeah, she's spitting tobacco. She's going to bring her musket. She's probably going to shoot beer <laughs> right. cans in between commercials. As she should. And then <laughs> the irrepressible <laughs> Catherine Timpf. So Somebody, I heard a rumor she wrote a book. Is that true? Uh, really? <laughs> I've seen nothing about that. You know, that's one thing about this place. I think when somebody writes a book... Fox needs to promote it a little bit more. I don't think <laughs> fully, we do a good show. Fully we can have some visibility for these books. Oh, that's really funny. Well, uh, like myself, you did not get the coronation assignment this weekend. Uh, shocker. Shocker <laughs> of all shockers. They're sending you and me to White Castle. Right. We're not going to Buckingham Palace. They're like, you and Pyro going to White Castle. Uh, but do the Pyros, knowing you get up as early as you do every week, bother to get out of bed to watch the coronation at I 5 a.m.? I could not care less. And I can say that because I know the people that – really care about the Royals are over there watching yeah, the Royals yeah. and sort of making sure everything's good. Um, no, I, I don't care. It's on at 5 a.m. On my Saturday mornings, dude, you mm-hmm. get it. I've got like a two-and-a-half-year-old and an 11-month-old. I am sleeping until I hear that, ah, Daddy, <laughs> come in, and then uh, my day starts. But for me, you know, what's that? Like six at the earliest on uh-huh. a weekend? That's like seven hours later than I normally get to sleep. So. <laughs> Don't mess with me, Todd Pyro doesn't William. Care. Todd, Todd Pyro's more interested in the Sacramento Kings. Yes. He doesn't, yeah, he wants nothing to do with this. I get it. I, I respect it. I think it's fabulous. We're talking to the great Todd Pyro. Let me ask you this. this I, don't, I don't mean to get serious, so don't feel like you have to be serious in your answer. Sure. Okay. But knowing you have a two-and-a-half-year-old and an 11-month-old, can you fathom on any level what the Bidens are doing to Hunter Stripper Baby and trying to disown the kid and send it on its own way in the world? Because to me, it's like so disgusting knowing how responsible you are for the well-being of a life you create. I'm so glad you raised that. I forget what show it was on. It may have been my own, but I raised this point. You can say whatever you want about the policy ills of the Biden administration. And in my estimation, they have literally messed up every policy Mm -hmm. completely. But also look at their track record when it comes to children. Mm -hmm. We have done so many stories of little boys and girls being abandoned at the border by coyotes. Mm -hmm. Two-year-olds to fend for themselves. The fentanyl crisis is killing our teenagers in America. And then you have Mr. Family Man Joe Biden disavowing this grandchild. And it's not a mistake is they put up the stockings in the White House for Christmas. Uh Let's face it, Joe Biden and Jill aren't putting up their own stockings. That is something that staff member is doing at the direction Um, of Jill and Joe. mm -hmm. So they are purposely not acknowledging a four-year-old girl who has done nothing wrong. And think of what they're doing to that poor little... You and I are 45. Uh We're in this business because at some point somebody didn't want us. (laughs) I'll show you! It destroyed us. I'll show you! But we're also 45 and we should have the emotional stability to deal with it. Imagine being a four-year-old girl and nationally knowing that you are not wanted. That is horrific. Now imagine this too because there are so many kids that go through this. But only one that goes through this where they're 
grandpa is the president of the United States. Right. Not only are you not wanted, you're not wanted by the White House. Right. Okay, which is so psychotic. It drives me crazy that there's not a bigger emphasis placed on this story because it's so shameful, especially when you hear Biden say things like, there's no such thing as someone else's child. You know, uh, apparently that message <laughs> didn't make its way around the dinner table. Todd Pyro's in studio. I didn't mean to ruin the mood, but I felt like it needed to be said because this is the one thing you know as a parent. When you hold a newborn, you realize you have taken a MacBook Air out of the packing peanuts. Mm -hmm. It's never downloaded a single file. Okay, you are responsible for the well-being of everything that winds up on that iCloud. And the idea that anyone could take something so vulnerable and just shove it off to sea in life with no regard for what happened to it to me, there's like almost like a real sociopathic indifference you have to have to be able yeah. to even do that. It's way more than not presidential. Yeah. You stole the word right out of my mouth. It's sociopathic. It is. Because you have an obligation as an adult, period, yes. to the betterment of children. Yes. The fact that you take that attitude with somebody that is your own flesh and blood, uh -huh. you're right. Why is nobody talking about that besides Fox? I've, it's, it's, it's sick. And I've tweeted about this a lot, uh, so forgive me for recycling the thought. But the truth is, like, there, Hunter Biden, when you think of his case history, would be like the perfect 1998 Jerry Springer guest. Right. He's having an affair with his brother's widow and knocks up a stripper behind her back. It's like that's that's an actual subject. Like I had a stripper baby behind my brother's widow's back and my dad says it's cool. That would be like a springer. But I would give a lot to have Steve Wilkos beat the crap out of Hunter. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. That's what he needs. Todd Pyro getting into comedy mode because he's got a show to gotta carry. Gotta go. Uh, In the zone, baby. Watch him tonight on Gutfeld at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, enjoy the pants off your weekend. All right, already done. I'll text you some updates on the coronation. Please do. <laughs> I'll be by my phone waiting with bated breath. <laughs> there he goes. There we go. Sean Duffy, cable news super hunk, will try to fill these impossible broadcast shoes when we come back. After this fabulous commercial break, I mean, the, the people are so thrilled to be associated with this type of content. They're actually trampling each other to get the commercials onto the air. It's like the running of the bulls over there. One at a time, advertisers. We're back after this on the high-flying, death-defying, big, bad, one and only, internationally renowned, gluten-free, Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are back in action for the final hour of a stellar week of broadcasting. Wrong. Whatever. We felt like it went well. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And we're getting ready to be joined by Sean Duffy, former Wisconsin congressman, co-host of The Bottom Line on Fox Business going to stop by and talk about the business of the 2024 election where Donald Trump is getting ready to do a town hall on CNN of all places. You're about to hear the greatest speech you've ever heard. Not according to the naysayers and the pundits, but Donald Trump once hated CNN with all the fiber in his being, uh, now doing a town hall and what he would once describe as enemy territory. But to be clear, just so we're all on the same page, they were never enemies. OK, everybody in the media loved Donald Trump. They hung out with the guy. He was on NBC for 14 years hosting Celebrity Apprentice. So when NBC turned around one day and were like, we don't know this guy. He's so crazy. 
I can't believe it. Did you guys see what Trump did? I mean, this is just nuts, you guys. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Totally. They're all play acting. Every one of them. Trump was on Morning Joe all the time. Trump was on CNN all the time. Okay, Trump was a guy who would frequently go on The View. The View is awful. Totally. But the point is The View had a meltdown, just a meltdown yesterday, over the idea that CNN would host Trump. You can't platform this type of violence. This stuff is really bad. You know, that whole thing. But it's because they all started to believe their own bull that's what it was. Okay. They all hung out with Trump. Just understand, just to give you a basic cursory view of where we're at as a country. Okay. Donald Trump used to host these wild parties at Mar-a-Lago that anyone could get in, who could get invited would go. Okay. There were all kinds of models. <laughs> I don't doubt there were, not that he has a history with drugs because he had a brother who suffered from addiction, but I don't doubt there were all kinds of substances flying around. Okay, he donated to every politician, Democrat and Republican. He was just part of the fabric of society. The Clintons went to his wedding to Melania. Have you ever seen the photos of the Clintons and the Trumps? Bill seems to be looking at Melania a little bit too much. This is not okay. But I'm sure you've seen those famous photos. They went to his wedding. Okay, Trump went to Elton John's wedding. Elton John got gay married. Trump was there. Ten years before the Democrats came out in favor of gay marriage. Do you know what the Democrats were saying at the time Trump was supporting a gay marriage? Here's Joe Biden. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Whoa, that's crazy. Marriage is between a man and a woman? If Joe Biden said that in the Democratic Party today, he should be behind bars. They would arrest him. <laughs> Could you? But that was his view. That was his view at a time when Donald Trump had already come out and supported gay marriage. The point is, the media has created a cartoon villain version of Trump that doesn't actually exist. Okay, does Trump say crazy things on Twitter? Yes. But did Trump cause a 40-year high in inflation as our president? The answer would be no. Did he? I don't know. Send the murder rate soaring to a 30-year high? The answer would be no. I mean, we're there. Were 70% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck under Trump? The answer would be no. Wow. Had we broken a record for illegal border crossings? The answer would be no. Fentanyl deaths? The answer would be no. All right. I know I'm exhausting you with this Obama drop, so I'll stop now. But the point is, things were exponentially better in this country under Trump than they are under Biden, which is why the media spends so much more time talking about the sensational aspect of the Trump presidency. He calls people names. And then they start telling you he's a racist and a white supremacist. None of it's true. Okay. Can Trump be a very transactional human being? Yes, he can. Does Trump fight dirty? Sure, he does. But are you going to tell me we're living in a world where the other side or any side for that matter is treating politics like it's the Harvard chess club? I mean, come on, dude. This is stupid. But here is the view. Losing their mind. I'm going to give you some MSNBC as well. 
Okay. Here's the view, though. Let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> it's tough. We got to get through this. Clip 18. Here's Whoopi Batten lead off. What is the point of this new town hall that he's doing? And and did we learn nothing from Les Moonves saying bad for the country, but great for the network? Oh, gosh. Whoopi. Whoopi Goldberg, who's an expert. She's the one who demanded Jill Biden should be the Surgeon General, despite the fact that she's not a medical doctor. Dr. Jill becomes the Surgeon General, his wife. Yeah, Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, he would never do it, but she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was a doctor in PhD. I could be wrong. I thought she was a teacher. She's a teacher, but... Whoopi Goldberg, Dr. Jill, she's an excellent doctor. What would you do with a brain if you had one? She's not a doctor. But this is what they do. They just talk out of their asses. Okay, here's Sonny Houston. Disgusted, dismayed, CNN would give him a platform. Clip 19. Well, that's what I'm so disgusted by. Because, again, when someone shows you who they are, yeah, you believe know, them. When you show that you are an insurrectionist, that you're a liar, that you're a bigot, that you're a racist, sexist. that you're sexist, sexist. that you're uh, twice impeached, that you are currently a criminal defendant and likely to be a criminal defendant in two other jurisdictions. Yeah. I know everything and grab, I need. And you grab, and then you women. grab women by their genitals. I know everything I need to know about you. But right? And so I don't think you, just to put a button on it, I don't think that you give that type of person a platform. <laughs> you don't do that. And I'm actually dismayed that CNN on May 10th at 8 o'clock is going to be giving... I just did a commercial for them. <laughs> I can't believe that they are giving him this platform. I'm surrounded by idiots. I can't believe they're giving him this platform. Like, Trump has no way to be heard, number one. Number two, CNN isn't a platform because unless Trump is on that night, nobody's watching. I think he's got a point. But stick with me, because this is their characterization. You're a bigot. You're a racist. You're a sexist. You're a rape. First of all, half of his cabinet was female. Okay? He's not a sexist. He's not a racist. These people hung out with him. If he was a racist, how did they manage to do TV with him for 30 years? Why were they fine with it for 30 years until they weren't? But again, we could talk about allegations and decide who does and doesn't get on TV based on allegation. Kamala Harris called Joe Biden a racist when he was running for president against her. She also said he was a rapist and that she believed his sexual assault accuser. Is anybody over at The View saying you shouldn't give Joe Biden a platform? The answer would be no. Joe Biden right now formally accused by a whistleblower of participating in a bribery scheme as the vice president of the United States. They're not saying let's pump the brakes on this Biden guy. Not that Biden's going to do media anytime soon. They can't get the cheat sheet printed. But here is Mehdi Hassan over at MSNBC, also freaking out, another race-baiting jackass. Clip 16. CNN has announced a live town hall with Donald Trump in New Hampshire next week. I do hope CNN chief Chris Licht doesn't have to end up apologizing for giving Trump this platform in the same way that his predecessor, Jeff Zucker, had to apologize for running all those Trump rallies uninterrupted on CNN back in 2016. Personally, I wouldn't interview a man who has used live interviews to incite violence and tell lies, who has in the past encouraged violence against CNN itself. I wouldn't normalize him in that way. 
But if you are going to interview him, you need to have some very tough and very specific questions. Shut up! Will you shut up? That's so funny when they throw in the words. I wouldn't normalize him. Dude, he was the president of the United States. Okay, the dude's been normalized. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. (laughs) They just use these stupid words. We can't normalize this. What do you mean? The guy got more votes than any incumbent president in the history of the country. Yes, he still went on to lose the election. Wrong. Okay, but the point is he's no longer president. And understand, it's beyond normal. But they use terms like this. And what is Mehdi Hassan really saying? Well, you know, hope the CNN president doesn't have to apologize for putting this guy on TV. Yo, Mehdi Hassan, you work at a channel that put him on TV endlessly. Okay, you work for NBC. Trump had a show on NBC for 14 years. This idea that we should all now be pretending that Trump was somehow Hitler and everybody was just cool with it because he was like taking a prescription drug that would keep the Hitler stuff under control. But now the prescription lapsed and he's getting all the symptoms back. It's all pretend. It's all theater. But you understand the theater has set our society on fire. The reason I get on the air every day and I try to say, like, yeah, I don't care if you disagree with me. I'm trying to load a temperature. It's I'm trying to help. The reason the country can't make progress is because we're all living in this pretend version of who we are. Okay, Trump is Hitler and all his all of his all of his supporters are racist. Do you know that over 50 percent of Trump's voters voted for Barack Obama when he ran for president? So let me ask you a question. Does that mean they were just like they, you know, They'd been racist their whole lives, and they just, like, took a time out. It was like a three-day weekend, and they tried, like, an Amish rum springer where you get to leave the farm and go see another version of life. So they just, like, they got to try out being non-racist for, like, an election day, and then when it was over, they ran back to the race farm. No, this is a scam. We're not remotely as racist as they want you to believe. No one is oppressed. No one is under attack. We're not trying to erase anybody, but this is the rhetoric they use. That's lit our society on fire. Democratic leaders can't justify making compromised and passing legislation with Republicans because they then have to go back to their constituents and tell them, hey, good news. We made a deal with Hitler. And the people are like, how could you do such a thing? But that's where we are where we are. We are living in this level of maximum strength convenience. Okay, the instant gratification, the levels of digital dopamine now available to us through our phones in a nanosecond have left us incapable of emotionally processing disagreement. It's so inconvenient to have someone say, yeah, but, that you'd rather just be like, what if I just never talk to them again? That would be better, wouldn't it? And that's where we are as a people right now. We're we're othering each other. It's disgusting. It's so lazy. But that's what it's all a symptom of, intellectual laziness. We're now living in an era where people's emotions are their facts. The phone curates everything you consume to make you feel like you're correct. Here's the opinions you agree with. Here's the news articles you agree with. Here's an advertisement for those pants you were just talking about. Don't ask us how we know. Okay, here's a place you ate for dinner recently, a coupon to go back. You know, everything is catered to your existence. We all now have the self-importance of like a French king. But when they get on TV 
and they start creating these hyper-reductive labels of sexist and racist and misogynist and pulling the nuance out of every story. We're dealing with this in New York right now. It's a homeless zombie, a crazy man who's been arrested 42 times, punched a 67-year-old woman in the face. Okay, yesterday or two days ago on the subway, as he was threatening to kill people and throwing stuff at them, a Marine, okay, a retired veteran Marine, sprung into action through the guy in the chokehold. He wound up dying. I'm not glad he died. But the idea that the Marine is the bad guy instead of the leaders that have flooded our streets with zombies, pantless hobbits, time travelers, all kinds of lunacy on the streets of New York, the idea that we're going after the vigilante who saved women and children instead of the lawmakers who left this town lawless speaks to everything that's wrong with our society. We live in such an intellectually lazy time, and it's such a good branding exercise to just say somebody's racist because you get the store credit for being anti-racist. You get to pretend you're actually helping society. But has society gotten any better now that we're functioning on this business model of just othering anyone we disagree with? Of course not. Are the streets any safer now that we wage rhetorical and monetary wars against the police? Of course not. And will the subways become any safer? There are thousands of guys like Jordan Neely riding trains right right now as you listen to this. At any hour of the day, there are thousands, literally thousands of mentally ill people on the subway. There's not a subway train in New York right now as you hear this that doesn't have someone screaming or headbutting a wall or swinging a screwdriver or spitting in people's faces. And you know what everybody on the subway does? They put their head down and just ignore it and hope it'll go away. Sometimes it does. They get on to terrify people on the next train. Sometimes they don't. Somebody gets hit. Somebody gets thrown in front of the train. 27 people have died in New York City this year. But instead of focusing on these real problems created by liberal policies, we're all pretending we can't normalize things like a former president of the United States. I'm telling you because I care. This is the dumbest time there has ever been to be alive. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding this country together on a Friday. Sean Duffy coming by to sing back up in the next break. Right now, I want to give you a clip from Simone Sanders, who did work in the Biden administration for Kamala Harris at one point. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! But here is Simone Sanders working over at the DNC now, saying there aren't going to be any DNC debates. They will not let anyone primary Biden and subject him to a free exchange of ideas. Now, why is that the case? The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. So a lot of people feel uh, this will only fuel that perception. When you hide the guy, it makes people believe there's a reason. Okay, earlier this morning, Joe Biden was speaking to reporters. He said he was having a press conference later in the day. We've now been told by the White House there will be no press conference. That's what we were just told moments ago. This is total crap. Apparently there was... uh, no ink in the printer, and they can't make the guy as chi But here's Simone Sanders flat out saying, no, oh, no, we're not letting this guy get primaried. Clip 21. 
I really think that uh, the mealy mouth Democrats, as I like to call them, and some of my progressive friends who would like to live in a fantasy land, they need to come back to reality. And the reality is this. The sitting president of the United States of America is a Democrat, a Democrat that would like to run for re-election so much so that he has declared a re-election campaign. Right. In that case, the Democratic National Committee will not facilitate a primary process. There will be no debate stage for Bobby Kennedy, Marine Will Marianne Williamson, or anyone else so we're going to have another Bobby Kennedy in an empty chair in the debate, right? There will be no debate. <laughs> yeah, no debate. The Democratic yeah. National Committee administers the debates, and they're not going to set up a primary process for debates to for someone to challenge the head of the Democratic Party. In my opinion, that sucked. Now I get it, though. I want to jump in here. Traditionally, parties do not want to primary an incumbent because it weakens them in the general election. So I understand these are one of the benefits of being the incumbent. The reason it looks so weak on behalf of the Democratic Party is they're running a guy for reelection who didn't run the first time. OK, he was hidden in his house watching Bonanza and eating pudding cups. And then he wound up winning the election in the fall of 2020. I don't remember that ever happening. But sadly, it did. So last night, I finished taping Gutfeld here on the Fox News channel. Me and our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, hang out, burn it down, tell a couple of jokes about the news. And as I leave the studio, uh, you know, see some well-wishers, some guests of the program, and they want to take pictures with Big Game James. Jimmy, we love you. Watch you on TV. We see you on the shows. Can we take a picture? And we're taking a picture. And people are relatively excited to meet a guy they see on TV regularly. But then... This other feeling comes over the crowd. You know what I mean? Like people are screaming now. People are romantically turned on by the sight of this next guest who comes walking out of the building, steals all of the thunder and the lightning. Cable news super hunk, co-host of The Bottom Line. I'm talking about Sean Duffy. Hey, girl. Hey, girlfriend. They, so th that's, that's not where I thought you were going with the story. Where did you think I was going? So, so let me give you some background. Jimmy does uh, Greg Gutfeld last night. That's true. He comes outside, and I know his plan was to do a very quick exit. Like, uh -huh. I've done the show. i got to get out. But he's stopped by people mm -hmm. who, uh, who love him, have, uh, they adore him, affection for him. They want to take pictures, and Jimmy's a kind man, and he mm -hmm. chats it up. But the plan was to get out right away. <laughs> and because he took pictures, that gave me time to come down the stairs, walk out the doors in the breezeway where I find you. Uh -huh. And I realized all of a sudden that Jimmy Fallon just did Greg Gutfeld's show. <laughs> I know. And the problem with that was that Jimmy Fallon was scheduled to do my show on the bottom <laughs> it's line. not true. And at about 3.30 in the afternoon, I get an email that says, Jimmy's canceled on us. No, Jimmy's no, not no, going to no, do the no, show. No, I'm like, no. Jimmy doesn't cancel on us. Ever. Jimmy loves I love Jimmy. <laughs> and lo and behold, I come outside and I go, that son of a bleep. Hey, Sean. There Duff. he is. I'm like, you canceled on me, Jimmy. Can I get a word in here? No. That was, I'm telling the story This is here. for you here, Sean. Is this, your, is this, this your radio is, program? This is for you. You're a liar. Sean Duffy is in studio. And let the record show, because I don't doubt that you were given uh, a bad lead. Uh, but you're, and, I, and you know this, and I've clarified this with the booker. I had told your booker earlier in the week the one day I can't do is Thursday. And we corresponded Wednesday because he had asked me to move up to Wednesday. He's like, hey, can you move up to Wednesday? And I actually couldn't because I had a radio guest in town Wednesday because I was in the building Wednesday night to do Hannity. 
which would normally leave me wide open between when I get off the air on this show and could possibly do your show. But I couldn't do Wednesday either. And I wrote to him. I said, actually, I'm screwed because I have this thing tonight. And tomorrow I have Gutfeld and Waters. It's in an email. And I said, next week we'll do two nights. The rest of this week is effed. That was the email. So yesterday when he emailed me at 3.30 and was like, hey, so here are the stories for tonight, I was like, whoa. I was like, I'm not on the show. I emailed you. Check your email. To which he replied, yes, you did. Now, I don't doubt because we love the I love the guy who books your show. He's a great guy that he just, you know, didn't read the email thoroughly. But this idea that I would ever blow off your program, this is the only place in life I get compliments around so here. Here's the, I have to go to your program. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. I don't control the buttons that sit in front of you because I would push the <laughs> you, you lie button. Back. I'd go, you, you lie button. You would one back. I would. Not Give true. me the you lie button. All right. No, no. Watch this. No, no. Because no, here's the deal. Mm. This is my concern. Mm. It's that you actually agreed to do our show. Nope. And then Wrong. the little dwarf... Funny man. Oh, no, no. I was booked on Greg no. Gutfeld called and said, I need Jimmy. Wrong. And then you said, well, I'm going to do Greg. Because nope. he is gets incorrect. this. This is just you guys. You know, G- Greg Gutfeld gets just a, a slight bump in ratings over the bottom line on Fox <laughs> Business. And Jimmy said, I'm doing Greg Gutfeld. Sorry, Duffy. Nope. I will see you later. I there, there, by the way, on our show, there is no better intro that anyone gets. Uh-huh. I call him sexy and svelte and handsome, <laughs> funny, good looking. I'm like, I do Sunday, Sunday, Sunday for him. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And that's what I get back in return. But well, anyway. here's the deal. I have email proof All that right. corroborates my side of the story. All right, that's fine. Are you prepared to deal with that emotionally? Because I'll will. drop it on you because I got this. I was scheduled to do. That, that's why I just looked at your phone and I was talking. No, I have it. Oh, I have it. Oh, listen, I have it. I'll drop the bomb, Duffy. I don't have to take this. I don't have to take I don't this. Have to take it. You know what I'm saying, Sean Duffy? Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. But anyway, it's really unfair that I don't have any buttons over here. Well, that's the host guest. I know. Get some buttons on your show, I fancy know. pants. Fancy you got pants. a show tonight, <laughs> six o'clock. You and Dagan McDowell. Okay, I need. I need what Jimmy has. I need to Thank get you. some buttons. You carry that show. That is balderdash and hogwash and. Mm-hmm. See that? Dagan that's, couldn't that's make Dagan. it, but I brought her here. We brought her in. brought her here in button form. I think she's doing Gutfeld tonight. Oh, is she? So there you go. Yeah. Let's there talk. We, there we have it. Now that we've settled this and you agree with my position, mm-hmm. okay, you've taken my side completely, uh, which yeah. it takes a big man to do, so I commend uh-huh. that. Yeah. Let's just have a quick State of the Union. And I want okay. you to – I want to run some things by you almost like lightning rod, rod, let's, rod let's style. One of my takeaways from the White House Correspondents' Dinner this past weekend was that every room I walked into – whether it was an agency party, I did get to go like some somebody took me to like a fancy steakhouse with Kennedy. We just a uh, friend of hers. You know, every room I walked into this weekend, Gavin Newsom was in every room, so working he- the refs, pressing the pressing the flesh, trying to meet people. I saw him in five different places this weekend. So I, listen, I, I was in politics. I was in yeah. the house. This is like the Academy Award. It's a Super for, Bowl of politics for, for ugly, ugly people, though, uh-huh. right? It's like no people question. that are not very cool. Mm-hmm. Not you, though. And that was not the Fox team. Though. I'm saying everybody <laughs> else. Um, I was invited last year. I'm like, I'm not going. Listen, I, I can't. But, I, I'm not going re- to. My, my takeaway from watching it, mm-hmm. it's that usually there's this. It's contentious. The media and the White House uh-huh. throughout history. It, there's there's a tension because that's not going on anymore. It's a love fest, and yeah, so this was not a party where you come together for one night and go, hey, let's put our swords away and laugh with each other because no, we no. we don't laugh for the other yeah. 364 days a year. No, no, this is like the, the love fest continues to this party. Let's yeah, just, this is just let's go team. party together. This is a team dinner. Like we do every day yes. you know, in the press. Fox room. shows up as the away team, and it's great because we're number one in the ratings, so we right. love being the away team and giving everybody the finger. But you're right to characterize it as such. But what I was trying to say is 
Gavin Newsom. If he's at every party, is that a sign to you that, you know how they have that alternative cyclist in the Tour de France who's not on the team, but he's wearing the spandex and he's pedaling along in case they need to add a guy to the race? Is Gavin Newsom in the spandex and pedaling along in case Biden doesn't run? Yeah, Gavin's hoping. He's like, listen, if if if, if Joe doesn't run, I am in. And he's done all the things necessary to elevate himself to, to be that guy. And listen... He's he's a disaster for California. So right? he's been horrible. But the things he's doing in California, the liberals love, and so yes. he will be the heir apparent, no doubt. And by the way, that's that's contentious because Kamala Harris, when when you're all about race and gender, mm. she matters more. You know, in yeah. the, when you check the boxes Identity for Democrats, politics. it's not about it's not about performance because if it's performance for Democrats, uh, Gavin's yeah. done well. And his hair is beautiful, I mean, he's almost got... as good as yours. <laughs> Bad <laughs> policies, great hair. Sean Duffy in studio buttering me up. Uh, do the Duffys get out of bed tomorrow and watch the coronation? I know Rachel being on Fox and Friends. So Ra- Rachel comes in at 5 o'clock tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, and she's on standby, so she leaves the house at 2. She loves the Royals. Okay. We fight about it. This is, this is, this is a very contentious point in our home. Because I hate the Royals, like I don't like. I think they're just bad people. Okay. Um, a lot of them are bad. Like, I don't. I don't want to see them. I, and I think specific. I shouldn't say that. They're not all bad people. I think Prince King Charles is a bad person. Really? He's a radical lib, pushing environmentalism. Um, he's just. He's. He, I mean, look what he did. To, you know, Lady Di. Mm-hmm. He's a bad dude. Uh huh. And so I don't want to celebrate. I know we're covering. We're going to cover. A lot of people will tune in tomorrow, but I am not because not I don't want to celebrate that dude. Not your thing. Now on I a- told Stuart Varney today, who was wearing a coronation tie on his program, <laughs> I said, Stuart, I took my tie off because you are wearing a coronation tie. Oh, I'm surprised Varney, he didn't have a fascinator in his hair. I mean, he, he gets into this stuff. He gets worked up. I I'm saw like, him you, before. I'm like, you're, you're an American, Varney. Come on. I mean, leave it behind. <laughs> we fought wars to beat you people. And then he said, whoa, whoa, don't call us those people. <laughs> Sean Watch Duffy's it. in studio. I'm not the only Fox host he's terrorizing this week. Right. He's in a, he's in a, he's in a <laughs> chippy mood. It's, been, it's Friday. Yeah, you it's are. Friday. He's packing hey, my, the foil. My my daughter's sixth birthday. So no, no, I'm sorry. The ninth birthday is tomorrow. And so dad gets to cook because Rachel's yeah. coming in. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cook a little something special. I'm like, uh-huh. what do you want? She's like, I want... I want hot dogs. I'm like, great. You, this <laughs> Boom! Is, you know your dad. You know your dad. I can do Done. hot dogs. <laughs> Done. Can I ever, Sean Duffy? Uh, all right, let me give you another topic in my lightning round. We had a laugh about, you were talking about environmentalism. So I played a montage earlier of other networks being like, Fox News says they're going to ban your gas stove. You believe this right-wing fear-mongering? Well, anyway, what did New York do this week? They banned your gas stove. It's the most ridiculous thing. Go ahead. But so, first off, if mm-hmm. if you've ever had electric, yeah. uh, an electric stove, an electric heater, mm-hmm. or an electric water heater, that is really expensive. Yeah. You don't want electric. You want gas because it's like more than half half the price. Yeah, it's way cheaper. They're going to drive the costs up for people uh, for people, Jimmy, that can't afford it. Well, they claim um, they're doing it in the name of like climate justice. Exactly. You know, by the way, <laughs> and everyone who can get a gas stove does. Yeah. But they're really sneaky. When when you cut off these new hookups mm-hmm. to take out the, nat- the 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 gas out of the home, mm-hmm. again, this is just one step closer to to banning your gas car. That's what it is. Yeah. And I always said this in Congress. I, I mean, I think it's important that you make sure you have a vibrant U.S. economy with cheap energy, mm-hmm. because then you can keep the businesses and the jobs in America, so you can make stuff here. Because we do it way cleaner here. Mm-hmm. But if we don't, they pack up and they go to China or India 
and they make the products there with no standards, with their jobs, and then they ship it back here. I mean, yeah. this—if you, really, you really care about the environment, this is insanity. What yeah. they're doing, which, by the way, then tells me it's not about the environment. Nope. It's actually about control. A thousand percent, because they're doubling the fuel usage by producing it other places. That's right. <laughs> so now you got to use fuel to get it back here. Right. And the, it's produced filthier there. It's crazy. And the problem is you just go, and the, you, this is out, the, the perennial question is why are they doing it? Mm-hmm. And I, the only answer I can come up with is they hate America. They, I mean, you don't, you don't ruin your schools. Mm-hmm. You don't ruin the, the, your fuel source mm-hmm. if you love your country. Yeah. Um, you only do it if you're like, I want to destroy this. I'm going to burn this place down. I want to make sure that we are at the bottom of the barrel, and this is the path I'm going to take to get us there. That's what they're doing. Sean Duffy in studio now trying to start a militia oh, maybe. <laughs> between radio hits. We're having a meeting. I, yesterday in the bottom line, I said that, that, uh, that it's a national security risk. The, 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 the school systems are, the K through 12. Yeah. We need to send in the well, military. Well, we have enough other. <laughs> we, <laughs> oh, wow. Whoa. Well, I'm, I'm kidding. He's just having fun. We've got enough <laughs> other security risks in New York right. right now. It's so good. This story drives me crazy. We have the subway protest, man. No one talks about oh. this. You don't have to take the subway very often, thank gosh. You come I've never taken Jersey. It. You never have? Never. Oh, uh, well, nowhere in the world is there a guy to be better off if only he took the subway. No one's writing no. that country music song, Sean Duffy. <laughs> but like, yesterday I got barked at like a dog. Like the point is you get on a subway, you're locked in a tube. Yeah. And there are thousands of mentally ill people, some violent, some not. But at least once a day, if I were to take the subway in two directions, I would encounter someone in a tube that was screaming in people's faces and people would ignore it and hope it went away. Best case scenario. Totally. Worst case scenario, what you had the other day. But the idea that we should be going against uh, the vigilantes, who, again, I'm not saying this homeless gentleman deserved to die. But the idea that that we're going to throw all of our energy towards the guy who neutralized the threat as opposed to the people who've perpetuated this feeling of helplessness in our mass transit system. That, to me, is such a misappropriation of energy. But is that why we can't have nice things, because we're fighting the wrong battles? So, so two points. One, we're now in a situation where if you are actually a criminal, you're, you're a victim. Yeah. You've been victimized somewhere in your Society life. Society did you you're wrong. Criminal, right? yeah. And if you're a victim and you fight back, you are going to be the criminal, and they will throw the book at you. So up is down, and down is up. Uh, first point, but also I'm all about free speech. Mm-hmm. If people are, you know, want to want to try to pressure their government to charge this poor guy, no, I shouldn't say poor guy. This guy, this 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 marine. Um, okay, uh, go protest. I'm okay with that. But when you threaten to take over public buildings, take over precincts, shut down bridges, we used to deal with that back in the day, Jimmy. Yeah, you'll you'll call people in, and you're going to get arrested, and you're going to get charged, and you're going to go to jail. And guess what? It won't happen again. That's the thing. There's no deterrent The government is allowing this stuff to happen because I think they like Mm -hmm. when it happens. No question. But here's another thing. Okay. If every time, because I agree with you, but every every time, you know, you have one of these, you know, zombie attacks on the subway, if you start prosecuting the few people among us who would actually physically try to neutralize that threat, in the long run, you're making everyone less safe. You know, I, I, you can't imagine because you don't ride the subway, and I'm, I'm happy for you that you don't. I don't do it enough, often, but it's there's something else going on right now that hasn't gone on here in a few decades because we're obviously not paying any attention to mental illness. They've been bold criminals. They've waged a war on the cops. And uh, everyone gets on the subway now on high alert. Like it used to be people would look at iPads or listen to stuff on their phone. Now everybody has a can of mace. Everybody's got a can of knuckles. I used to, you know, if you were getting out at 50th Street, you'd be facing the door. 
you don't face the door till it opens. You keep your eye on the prize. You know what I'm saying? And no one should live that way. That's the point I'm trying to make. But we've accepted it, and this is the problem with one-party rule is they don't have to deliver for their constituents. They just have to be like, well, racism. Well, the Republicans are bad. Well, I was a Republican congressman, yep. right? And if if my party, the party that I belong to, actually had policies like this and made me that unsafe, I'd be like, listen, I love where you're at with taxes and regulation, yeah. but I'm sorry. I'm not going to live like that, and I'm going to vote for a Democrat who's going to keep me safe. The problem, Jimmy, is that— we talk about what happens in New York City, mm-hmm. that people can't ride the subway safely. They can't walk down the street and feel safe without fear of being cold cocked from the backside from mm-hmm. someone walking behind them. They can't be they're – not, they're afraid of being robbed. Um, but this is what they want. Yeah. They don't choose to vote for a different person to give them different results. Mm-hmm. So when they keep voting for crazy politicians with crazy ideas and then they get crazy results, I'm like, I'm sorry – I don't know why you live here. I don't know why you vote for these crazy people. But if this is how you want to live, God bless you and live in fear. And you're right. Don't turn towards the door when when you're coming to your stop. Keep your back to the door and look at everyone in the tube to make sure no one's coming for you. Defense wins championships. Defense wins. And I say this as a guy who pays to get beat up on Craigslist. And when I don't feel safe. (laughs) When I don't feel safe. Like, where are we as a city? Jimmy's a big man, too. You don't mess with Jimmy, and he's not safe. If you're not safe, Jimmy, no one is safe. No, a lot of chubby chases out there. I didn't realize you you got some mace and some, like, you know. Not me. Knuckles. I'm not not macking it, but every woman you know in New York City that rides mass transit has multiple weapons. And they have to. I'm all about guns. Yeah, I know. The great equalizer. Yeah, no, thank you. You're welcome. The, the, and the idea, though, that this is what's so crazy, and we have a minute here, is that they're going after guns on the left as aggressively as they are. I'm like, dude, if you don't want people to buy guns, lock up the bad guys. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and more liberals are now buying guns. Of than course they are. Than anybody. Because they're not safe. They're and, like, and, all right, we're gonna, like, of course. Well, no, no, we'll keep voting for our party. We'll just buy some guns, honey. Don't right. worry about it. The cops aren't coming, so baby, let's get some guns, <laughs> stockpile some ammo, and... Dare someone to come to my house and break in. Think of it that way. Okay, this is everything you need to know about whether or not you reelect a party. If you've bought more guns by the end of their term than you did by the beginning, they're not keeping you safe. Vote for the other guy. And watch the bottom line tonight at 6 o'clock on Fox Business. It's going to be great. Sean Duffy will always have this. Back after this. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America. I invited Sean Duffy to stay on for one more break. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Stop it. Me and Duffy were chatting off the air, and we can't. It's what we do on this show. It's, you know, it's the Olive Garden when you hear your family. It, it, it totally is. And we and just I, chatted right through the commercial break. And, and actually, you didn't invite me. I'm like, I'm just, I guess you couldn't. I, he just didn't I leave. Did leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is Duffy leaving? When's he going to go? They tried the <laughs> cattle prod. They brought he's in like, the bouncer. He's just here. Did you ever see What About Bob? He's still here. He's, he's right there. <laughs> he hasn't left. <laughs> the bottom of the ninth. Well, folks, here's the thing. If you're watching Duffy tonight at 6 o'clock on the bottom line, uh, you got two shots at Failavision. Uh, I will be on tonight at 8 p.m. on Fox News primetime. Lawrence Jones on the hot seat for that one. There's also talk of me and Larry Kudlow getting the band back together on his Fox business. So I'd technically be your opening act if that pans out. Which is where you belong. (laughs) Sean Duffy! We kept him one break too many. Get him out of here. Get him out. Totally. The show's over. Have a great weekend.
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.